What's up, guys? Welcome to the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'm your host, DT. Thank you all for joining us this week. And if you're into music, gaming, and more, you're in the right spot. Ready, Ready, Set, Set, Showtime. Greatness Productions brings you episode 76 of the Ready, Set, Show podcast. Let's go! I'm your host, DT. I'd like to thank all you wonderful people for joining me this week. Guys, we have a lot to discuss this episode. We are going to discuss some updates on the show, just some things that I figured out that's going to be happening on the show in the very near future we got some local news mother nature strikes again this time in nashville i'm telling you this weather's crazy anymore we're going to discuss that we got top five things here in green county that they're finally addressing we'll talk more about that the coronavirus doesn't seem like it's going away we'll talk what the coronavirus is and just everything going on with it man people are freaking out over this i mean all over the u.s outside of the u.s so we'll dive into that i've got a review of a mexican restaurant here locally in greenville tennessee i'm telling you guys i'm ecstatic to talk about this place immaculate service you guys definitely have to check this place out we'll talk more about the salsas restaurant we got some music news the smashing pumpkins are back we're going to talk megan the stallion chuck d flavor flave of public enemy these guys got beef now 35 years of friendship albums and public enemy live performances is all in jeopardy and it's over bernie sanders yes you heard that right bernie fucking sanders and then we got some gaming news we talked the new update we're back to weekly updates in fortnite thank god so we'll talk the update that happened this morning as of march 3rd we'll discuss all everything that went on with this update what you can look forward to we're going to discuss the spawn mk11 release date We'll give our take on it, what we think of Spawn, and how your boy DT here thinks he's the greatest comic book character of all time and been my favorite for many, many, many years. And then finally for gaming, just what I've been playing, everything that me and Kinsley have been doing as far as Fortnite goes. And I quit doing this, and I want to bring this back and start doing this every show. And I know there's some that may care, some that may not. Some can compare it to if they play any of these games, whatever. But I want to bring back, like games that i'm playing my progression in said games and that way if there's any tips somebody could give me or i could give somebody else whether it be any of the games i play so i want to bring that back and start doing that again that will consist of today's show guys okay guys let's do some shout outs before we start today's show i gotta thank my beautiful family we finally got our taxes We went out, did some shopping, got some things we needed. You know, we got a few things for ourselves that we all wanted. Nothing too serious. We mainly took care of bills and 
we've got some left over and we're looking to get Darcy a vehicle and we've all just been hanging together. We've been having a great time with each other. I love my family. I truly am blessed. I say it every episode and without them, man, I'm telling you guys, I'd be lost. I want to thank everybody that's came on the show, that's helped support this show via donations, uh, like Drama, that's made intros, Letty, that was my co-host. I just want to thank everybody that's uh, came on and joined us on an episode. Thank you guys so much. I do greatly appreciate it. It means the world to me. This podcast at one time was a thought in my head, and I'm just having fun doing this. If one day it becomes my job, of course, that is my dream for this podcast. I never thought that I would be 76 episodes in one day, and I'm just very thankful to everybody that's helped get us to this point. I got to thank Kellen, the man that got this idea started. I mean, this guy was saying years ago, hey, you should be on radio. I thank Kel in every episode. I might say the same shit, but again, it's true. He really is the guy that got the idea, got the wheels turning to get this podcast started. So we always got to show love to the man, the myth, the legend, Kellen. I want to thank everybody that listens to this podcast. If you're a new listener, if you've been with us from the start, if you've shared this podcast, whatever it may be, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your support. You all mean so much to me. I thank you for everything, taking time out of your day, week, month, to listen to this podcast and just showing all your support. That means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Guys, my new co-host, I'm hoping, is going to be, I'm hoping my best buddy Jared or my brother or hell, both of them. Look out for that. I'll keep you updated, but thank you for everybody that shows support. All right, guys, so basically, look, man, I've told you guys, yes, I have a background in music, but I never did the recording aspect. Literally everything I learned and and Letty, when she was a part of the show, we learned on the fly. And uh, one of the guys that we had tried to make a part of the podcast, he did show us as far as how to get our mixer set up with the laptop and stuff like that. Other than that, everything we've learned as far as the recording, editing, everything I've learned on my own. I'm constantly learning. I'll I'll be constantly learning. I'm proud of myself for what I've learned on this podcast. I really am. This is so crazy because this actually happened by accident. Is I just so happened to change the USB, uh, one of the ports that the mixer plugs into my laptop. I just happened to change it to the right side of my laptop. We ran a splitter when me and Letty were running both our headphones. Well, I noticed one day I was messing around with some videos, and all of a sudden, you know, we could hear it out of mine and her headphones, whereas to before, it would come out of the speakers of my laptop. I'm like, oh, shit. So we could use that to go over stuff about the show, videos about the show, music, gaming, whatever it may be that one of us might have missed or needed to get called up on. We could do reviews. There's just endless possibilities now that we just figured that out. And it literally was by mistake. Well, then I figured out I decided to connect my phone to my laptop via Bluetooth connected to my laptop so like if i'm on my laptop somebody calls and let's say i'm charging my phone i'll be i won't miss the call text whatever it may be so i just so happened was talking to a friend of mine and i was like oh i'm gonna hit record now you all remember we were going to do phone interviews with mugsy and the ex-nfl wife 
and we couldn't we didn't think we had the right equipment and everything turns out this whole time guys we did because i hit record talking to a friend of mine she came in clear you could hear me talking you could hear her talking clear i did it uh yesterday too when me and my fiance were talking so guys now we can do phone interviews and i may end up doing those maybe weekly maybe once or twice a month might do them for those that do end up donating later down the road might just do them for the hell of it let's say when i do end up getting a co-host or if i do or i could just do call people every week and this show consists of different co-hosts if they can't physically come to my house i can now call them by phone and we can do the show like that maybe i'll do them as a whole episode strictly do an interview uh maybe do like a little mini episode at the first and then end it with the phone interview there's just a lot of options we have now that i figured this out but because i'm so glad because honestly i thought we were going to have to actually buy this one piece of equipment and it was like literally two to two hundred and fifty dollars and up so guys look out we're gonna have some new stuff happening on this podcast guys and i'm gonna be honest with you yeah i always envision this show having a co-host and i do want a co-host now in what form or fashion i have yet to decide because the more i do these episodes the more comfortable i'm getting the more fun i'm having the more confidence i'm gaining and i gotta tell you i'm strongly leaning towards now that i can record by phone is just maybe calling a different friend of mine family member whoever it may be and just having them be guest co-host and just kind of throwing out something a little different switching it up getting different personalities you know something like that i think that would be a good idea but i wanted you guys to let me know what you think now that i've laid all this information out what direction could you see this show going or would you like to see it going and guys when i say doing it by phone interviews this will just imply if they can't physically come to my house house and record and who knows maybe we do that and you guys let me know hey we liked this person we like that person and if i get enough people telling me they like this or i just maybe have a good chemistry and flow better with whatever person is out of everybody we get maybe that's the next co-host i think that would be the best route to take figuring out this co-host situation or just switching it up and having some originality something different on this on this podcast i mean so we got some good things coming up guys oh real quick it's a little minor thing but i gotta talk about it i get excited over shit like this you know i'm poor i love these mics love audio technica that's it's my first mic that I would consider high-end. Now, these Audio-Technica AT2020 mics, I love them. They've been great mics. They're solid. I mean, I'd even considered maybe getting a new mic and decided not to because I enjoy these so much, and they're they're still going strong. Uh, the co-host, if I do have one, they will also have an AT2020. I had these headphones. Now, they weren't Audio-Technica. They were Samson headphones, but, man, they were comfortable sound was great on them they were so comfortable love these headphones well one day my dumbass drops them now they're only playing out of one side look man i'm a headphone fanatic must have for me is a set of bluetooth headphones for my phone and occasionally for my laptop and then i gotta have my headphones for the podcast call me weird whatever i'm a spoiled bitch like that i've been obsessed with headphones and just always had a set or more of headphones since i was a damn teenager i always had headphones people would call me weird because i would do this thing for a while, it was uh, when I smoked weed. 
Like when I was playing music, we'd all be hanging out and I'd just disappear by myself, throw me a set of headphones on, crank it wide open and listen to music. And man, people thought I was the weirdest dude for that. But I don't know, it was like so comforting to me. Like I would sit there and picture our band playing some big stage and I can't explain it, man. It made me feel good. It was like an escape from all the bullshit. And I remember it was so fun, but people was like, man, you're fucking weird. And I was like, shut your mouth. No. People thought I was weird. And, and I got to tell you, it probably was weird. And then it just got to a point where it didn't matter if I had smoked weed or not. I, I loved listening to my headphones. I loved listening to music. I still do it to this day. Uh, there was a, a few years there where I didn't do it, and I missed it, man. I really did. It just helps me think. But anyway, I dropped those Samson headphones, and I was like, damn, I got to get a set. Now, I ended up ordering these uh, Audio-Technica headphones. I was like, oh, you know, the mics are good. The headphones got to be good. Now, they make, M I think they're MX. They make models 20. MX-30s, MX-40s, and I think they go to 50s. I don't know. They, I don't think they go any higher. I was originally going to do the 40s, and I was like, ah, I want to test them out. I was going to do the 30s. And then I was like, well, you know, we got a lot of stuff to pay on and stuff. So I was like, well, let me just start at the 20s. And I got to tell you, I fucking love them. These 20s are badass. They are comfortable, but not as comfortable as my Samson's were. But these sound a lot better. They cancel the noise around me out better. And I'm giving them a 9 out of 10. I love them. Uh, my beautiful fiance got them for me. And I I'm very thankful. I like them. But guys, I'm telling you, that's going to be it for the updates on the show. Look out. We're going to be doing some stuff to where you all will be able to hear whatever it is we're reviewing. I might reach out, try to see if I can review some music videos or whatever it may be. I'm not sure exactly how to get that approach. If anybody does know how I would go about that, then let me know. Or give me some ideas on what you want to hear review. You know, like we'll play it on here. You'll hear the audio, and we'll just go over it. And I mean, I don't know. I'll look into it. I'll let you know. Let's start out with some local news. I'm telling you, man, this weather is insane. Today, when I woke up, again, this is March 3rd when I'm recording on Tuesday. I mean, dude, I thought my damn roof was going to blow off. Now, guys, I used to study tornadoes. When I was younger, I saw the movie Twister, and I love tornadoes. Now... Yeah, I, I like them. They're very interesting. I studied them, but they terrify the shit out of me. I can't imagine being in one of those. I mean, it horrifies me. And I watch a lot of the, like, Reed Timmer and the Storm Chasers and all those guys. Those dudes are fucking maniacs. Because, I mean, with a tornado, you got to think, dude. If Think about if you see one. It would just be so mesmerizing to you. People have said that they just can't help but just stand there. Though they know they should go down in their basement or storm cellar, they just can't help but stand there and look at it. And, man, them people that live in Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, over there in Tornado Alley, you all are psychos. 
I just don't understand how people could live there. Then again, they were probably raised there. But it would be tough, man, especially the amount of tornadoes they have. And you know you got to get some kind of just immaculate insurance on your house, car, possessions, and just everything you own. And now they've done studies and done statistics that these above-ground storm cellars have saved just as many lives and kept many families out of danger during tornadoes. And I remember I watched a show, I believe it was on YouTube, where these guys build these storm cellars above ground. And it was a woman and her family located in Oklahoma. She was in Tornado Alley. And you guys should have seen all the concrete that goes into building these storm cellars. I think it was like two tons of concrete. I mean, dude, they had a whole crew of guys and it was insane. And I'm sure expensive, but I'm sure it's worth it and saves lives and keeps them safe and worry-free during these tornadoes that are unpredictable and very deadly. You all know the Fujita scale that it goes by how much damage a tornado does is how they rate it an F0 to an F5. And I think this one town, it was an F4, an F5. And literally, you could see these people's whole house destroyed, but the above-ground storm cellar. And Mother Nature is very unpredictable, and unfortunately, sometimes people lose their lives. April of 2011, around here, we don't really see a lot of severe weather like that here in East Tennessee. And it hit home, man, and it was awful. Today, I was looking through some stuff, and uh, we had tornado tears through Nashville. Both East and West Nashville were hit very hard by this tornado. Hundreds had lost their homes. 24 people lost their lives. And now we're going to go to an ABC News video that will tell us more. Overnight, reports of tornadoes tearing through parts of Nashville, leaving behind a twisted path of destruction with multiple fatalities. The deadly twister blocking roads, destroying cars, and downing utility poles, plunging people into darkness, leaving more than 50,000 residents without power. 50, Emergency thou? crews assessing the damage after the tornado slammed the area but left some neighborhoods looking like war zones. Local schools reduced to rubble. Homes and businesses shredded by high winds. A home security camera capturing this funnel cloud. One resident at this apartment complex in the Germantown neighborhood says the twister caused complete chaos. Scattering debris causing the area to be evacuated. The powerful storm system moving through Nashville, crumbling this popular concert venue, destroying everything but this mural which says, I believe in Nashville, leaving many here grateful to be alive. And this just in, the death toll now at six, a sixth death reported in Benton County, Tennessee. The mayor of Nashville talking about many injuries this morning as that city and area right now just trying to put the pieces together and console the victims. Yeah, guys, that video was up right after the storm happened, so the amount of people that did lose their lives, unfortunately, has went up. And this happened really early in the morning, like 4 a.m. That's when it's deadly, because when you can't even see the tornado coming, that would terrify me even more, because that's added danger, because you don't know where it's going to be. And I'll guarantee you there's storm chasers that have chased night tornadoes, I don't know, maybe they have a rule against it, but I couldn't imagine doing that. But I remember when in 2011 when those tornadoes hit here in Greene County, I remember afterwards FEMA and everything being here. 
you may have heard me talk about the guy I was in a band with, my buddy Mitchell. I remember to get down to his road, our friend Jake's road, you had to show like this FEMA pass because I guess these uh, dumb fucks were like going through and stealing copper out of people's houses that they just lost tragically in a tornado. And it doesn't surprise me to some of these heartless bastards around here. And then I remember a very close friend of mine lost his grandma and grandpa uh, to that storm. Where I was living at the time, I remember looking up and seeing how crazy the sky looked, the lightning, and I was like, dude, this looks like tornado weather, and little did I know what would unfold, and I'm lucky that I wasn't in those storms, because it really wasn't that far from where I was, but still, man, so many lost their lives and, and lost their homes, and our thoughts and prayers to this day go out with all those families. Our community came together, and it was beautiful to see, man. It really was. That's why I love being from Tennessee, because people will come to your aid like that. I hate it for those that lost their lives in Nashville. Again, our thoughts and prayers go out with them and their families. And Mother Nature, man, she's just one that you just never know, man. She's unpredictable, especially these tornadoes, man. You may think, oh, it ain't coming nowhere near us. Next thing you know, they'll do a turn, boom, they're right on top of you. And that's what's so scary about them. I remember I was younger, and after I watched Twist and everything, I was like, I want to be a storm chaser. Yeah, I'm good. I'll just watch your fucking YouTube video or something. If anybody followed that uh, Nashville or had any family up that way that was maybe in, in the tornado or around it, let me know. Moving on. Uh, this coronavirus, guys, it's a real deal holy feel, and all you hookers and the hoes know how I feel type shit, guys. It's not messing around. Usually we have these type of diseases, viruses, outbreaks like SARS, the Ebola virus. I mean, we will have people unfortunately lose their lives, and everybody that has been affected by the coronavirus our thoughts and prayers go out with them and their families as well. Usually they'll contain it pretty quick. They'll get a hold on it and it'll, you know, it'll go away and suddenly we won't hear about it anymore. But man, this coronavirus is just wreaking havoc. WHO or otherwise known as World Health Organization website. So let's let's see what the coronavirus is for those who may not know. Uh, and I know there's some fucking redneck like, oh, hell, Corona, somebody drinking Coronas and got them a virus? Well, hell, that's why you should drink Bud Light, mother. Yeah, these people really exist. Anyway, uh, coronaviruses, otherwise known as COV, are a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, otherwise known as MERS, MERS, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, otherwise known as the SARS virus. You remember the SARS virus was uh, wreaking havoc for a while there, too. A novel coronavirus, NCOV, is a new strain that has not been previously identified in humans. Coronaviruses are zoonotic, meaning they are transmitted between animals and people, Detailed investigations found that SARS-CoV was transmitted from civet cats to humans and MERS-CoV from dromedary camels to humans. Several known coronaviruses are circulating in animals that have not yet 
infected humans. Common signs of infection include respiratory symptoms, fever, cough, shortness of breath, and breathing difficulties. In more severe cases, infection can cause pneumonia, severe acute respiratory syndrome, kidney failure, and even death. Jesus. What makes it even scarier is it's bunch of different viruses in one. So standard recommendations to prevent infection spread include regular hand washing, covering mouth and nose when coughing and sneezing, thoroughly cooking meat and eggs, avoid close contact with anyone showing symptoms of respiratory illness such as coughing and sneezing. I've noticed a lot of people, there's a lot of scares, a lot of people canceling things, a lot of people are just freaking out over this and I mean I can't really blame them because I know that this is starting to affect more and more people I think here in Tennessee we have had a few people be infected with it and we have had a, our first case of a coronavirus here in Tennessee I ended up doing some research and Governor Bill Lee I believe in Williamson County Tennessee announced in a Daily Herald article the first case of coronavirus someone infected here in Tennessee so it's now came here and it's just affecting many all over not just here in America all over the world I know it originated up in China one of the women's 115 pound champions in the UFC is having to stay here in America with her upcoming fight because of the coronavirus scare currently going on in China which China's had it worse than anybody I really hope they contain this because it seems like it's not messing around dude because I, I kept noticing, I was like, well, I want to talk about it on the show, but you maybe probably by the time I do, they'll have it contained. Nope. And it says here, UN releases U.S. 15 million to help vulnerable countries battle the spread of coronavirus. And it says, uh, World Health Organization Director General's opening remarks at a media briefing. So see, they've had briefings on it. Uh, here is the report of the World Health Organization China Joint Mission on the Coronavirus Disease 2019 published as received from the mission unabridged by the World Health Organization. And I'm telling you, man, I just really hate when stuff like this happens. I mean, it seems to always come from some kind of animals. I'm sure the World Health Organization is doing all they can to contain this coronavirus. We wish them the best. We hope that they find ways to contain this virus and help those that are currently infected. And we just wish the best for those that are infected and uh, hope they get better soon. And thoughts and prayers go out to those families and those that have unfortunately lost their lives to this just deadly deadly virus give me your take on the coronavirus all right guys let's talk some local news stuff happening around here in our area but uh, i was running across some emails and uh you know i get some stuff from the greenville sun and i want y'all to listen to this Transportation tops Greene County's infrastructure needs. Transportation improvements top Greene County's infrastructure needs through 2023, according to a new state report. Public infrastructure improvement needs for Greene County total $326.8 million for a five-year period, according to the report recently released by the Tennessee Advisory Committee on Intergovernmental Relations, otherwise known as TACIR. Transportation, roads and bridges, 
water and wastewater, post-secondary education, stormwater, and school renovations are ranked as the top five infrastructure needs for Greene County, according to the report. The top five statewide needs are similar transportations, post-secondary education, school renovations, waste and wastewater, and new public schools and additions, is what the Greenville Sun article states. So, a lot of these are important needs, for instance... They do need to fix some of the roads around here, hence why when we go to get our tags, we have a $55 ridiculous wheel tax we have to pay, whereas a couple counties over in Washington County, Morristown, Elizabethan, their tags cost them around, I think, what, 40 bucks. We pay almost 100 It's like 80 almost $90 we pay, and it's been rumored it's going up even more this year so yeah fix the roads dude otherwise wipe off that bullshit fee that you all charge us every time we go to get our tags and i I find it interesting that they put roads you know ahead of water and wastewater post-secondary education yeah i mean come on man school renovations shouldn't those be first and then worry about the roads and stuff? I mean, really, I feel like transportation parts should be third. I mean, come on, man. I don't know. The way they've been doing things around here, it makes no sense. And I know there's probably some of you that doesn't live here in East Tennessee. I don't know how it is where you all live. In my opinion, I would obviously do the schools and stuff first. Then definitely the take care of the transportation, water, wastewater. I get all that. But I feel like we need to update the town in general. Like, for instance, uh, if you go to any of the counties, as we've spoke about many times on this show, and then you come into Greenville, it's a joke. That's why a lot of people, that friends that I have outside of this county, they'll go the long way if they know wherever they're going, they have to drive through this county. Like, that's how bad most people hate it around here. Fix the retail part, too, man. Get us some more up-to-date restaurants. And I'm not talking like these stank-ass Aubrey's. I've never even heard of it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a popular restaurant. I personally think we could have done better. Texas Roadhouse. There's many we could have done. Olive Garden. I mean, when do we start getting those type? And I don't want to hear nothing about money because every time I'm in town... It seems like every other month I'm seeing a brand new updated police car. Yes, I get it. The police need up-to-date stuff. But they're the ones I only see getting upgrades around here. I mean, the cop cars are, what, 2020 models? And I'm not just talking about cop cars. I mean, there's a lot of places around here that aren't retail and stuff like that getting all these upgrades. And yeah, that's cool for the people that probably run the town, but not for the people that live in this town. You go drive on the road and damn near bust your axle on your car. We got schools that are shutting down and piling all these kids into the more popular county schools. This is a problem, and I don't understand how I get we definitely need to fix the roads, but, I mean, we got to fix these schools too. It isn't fair to these kids that they should have to go to a new school, and especially one where they're combining multiple schools that they've shut down, because that opens the doors for just, I think, a lot more problems than solutions to these problems with education around here. And for example, the area that I live, we have a middle school down here, and it's one of the more popular ones. They're now going to go in from a few hundred, four or five hundred students to, I think they're double 
doubling it to a thousand? It's a little ridiculous. To my listeners that live here in Greene County, if you know about the issues with these county schools, the smaller ones closing down, do you think this is fair to those kids? Do you think the right solution is just to move them into these more popular schools? Or if you're going through it now, I think they've already done it. So have your kids experienced any issues, bullying, or just overcrowding, whatever it may be? Let me know. I want to hear it. All right, moving on, guys. I tell you, me and my family, we don't go out to restaurants and eat a lot. When we have the funds and the time, we will go out and eat every now and then, pick a good restaurant. My fiance had the great idea. She loves Mexican food, loves the Monterey. Those of you all who live here in Green County know the Monterey is probably the most popular Mexican restaurant currently. Until we ate at the next place that I'm about to introduce, guys, you're welcome, and it's called The Salsa's Restaurant and Catering. They're located over on the Asheville Highway, right next to the Ingalls, that shopping area, H&R Block. They're like right down in between those. And I gotta tell you, 10 out of 10. I was so impressed by this place, mainly our waitress who checked in with us multiple times, there for anything we needed, helpful. I've never had that level of service. And some of y'all working in these restaurants, with all due respect, might want to take notes. The way the waitress was checking in on us wasn't annoying. She was coming over to our table, checking up on us. Do you need something to drink? She recommended stuff. I remember one point in time I wanted a refill. She went to get the table behind us. for They got like the old school Coke bottles. She got three or four of them and still carried my drink over to me while holding those four bottles. Just so I didn't have to wait. And it wasn't even that long. It was like maybe a minute or two after I told her I needed a refill. And they have, like for Monterey, for example, they'll give you chips and salsa to start with, and then you get that legendary cheese. I don't know, some have said it's goat cheese, whatever the hell it is. They start you out here with a bean dip, and then they have a salsa bar that's got like different salsas, chipotle. But this bean dip... I hate being anywhere near any kind of taco, any kind of Mexican food that I eat. This bean dip, dude, I don't know what they put in it, but wow. I mean, it was amazing. My fiance like knocked it out quick. When we ordered, I got three. It was like chicken soft shell taco type deal. And it come with like sides like lettuce, tomato, sour cream, stuff like that. And I mean, dude, it was huge. So then my fiance gets this big fajita burrito with, with sides. She had like rice, I had rice, and then we Kinsley just got a little pizza and some french fries. And then we ordered our cheese dip. And I'm thinking, okay, this is probably going to be around like 40 bucks, give or take. It was like $27. And I mean, if you could see how much food we had, I, like I was blown away all the way around from the service, the prices, the food how much food you got, 10 out of 10. And I'm telling you, Monterey, you've just been bumped to number two. And truthfully, I think the Cancun restaurant, which is another popular Mexican restaurant around here, is surpassing Monterey. Monterey's fell off. I mean, the last time I ate in there, it was like going to Taco Bell. 
you can get these guys to cater for you. It's not the biggest restaurant, but I promise you this, they had just as many people coming in and out of there when we were there at 6.30 at night. And keep in mind, Monday through Friday, their hours are 11 to 8. So we were there an hour and a half before they closed. Still a lot of people. Saturday and Sunday, real quick, they're open 12 to 8 Saturday, 11 to 5 Sunday. We were there right before close, and they were packed. I felt that I had to talk about this place. I strongly recommend it. You will not be disappointed. Very affordable Mexican cuisine. Guys, go give them a good review. Let, hell, if you want to, when you're in there eating, say, hey, a friend of mine came in here and ate from the Ready, Set, Show podcast, recommended me to come in here. And again, guys, you're welcome. I'm going to tell you that in advance because you're going to be blown away. I even looked at the other waitress. She was on point. And I know some people are probably going to be like, well, man, you know, that's normal for a good restaurant, blah, 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 man, you're overdoing it. First off, why are you talking like that? Second off, we don't go out to a lot of restaurants, and when we do, you know, I mean, we have good experiences, but this experience blew us away. And I was impressed, and I felt like I had to shout them out, show them some love. Yeah, we're definitely going back. We're going to make it a ritual, try to go there once, maybe twice a month. Because that place is unbelievable, seriously. Go check them out, 625 Asheville Highway in Greenville, Tennessee. Phone number 423-787-0800. Monday through Friday, again, they're open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, 12 to 8 p.m. And Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., guys. The Salsas Restaurant and Catering, they're the shit. I'm telling you guys, they are awesome. All right, moving on. Last bit of news before we jump into some music talk. So, you guys may have heard back in 2017, Battery Gate is what they called it, and they announced that pretty much their older phones, I think three models down and lower, your phone would start slowing down. Basically a gimmick to try to get you to buy the newer phones like we all can afford Apple. Let's read this Wired.com article discussing this lawsuit where customers who had these older model phones could be receiving up to $25. says, remember Apple's quote-unquote battery gate back in 2017? It's understandable if more imminent news stories like the coronavirus and the U.S. presidential election have pushed the old iPhone controversies to the far corners of your brain. But if you happen to own an iPhone 6, 7, or SE, at some point you updated those phones to specific versions of the iOS software before December 2017, Apple might owe you settlement money. Apple has agreed to a preliminary settlement of $500 million as part of a class action lawsuit that alleged the company released software that intentionally slowed down aging iPhone. While the settlement still requires final approval, the proposed terms disclose Friday that Apple may end up paying iPhone users $25 per affected device. Apple has yet to share information on where or how consumers can file their claims, and according to one class action attorney who is not affiliated with the case, it could be weeks before Apple is compelled to pay. For now, though, the proposed settlement seems like a fair one. According to Jonathan Selbin, a lawyer for, uh, let's try to pronounce this, Leif, Cabracer, Hyman, and Bernstein, 
and the chair of the firm's economic inquiry product defect practice group. Quote, these are tough cases, particularly when you have a product that doesn't just fail to work altogether, unquote, Selden says, noting that products that completely malfunction are easier to build cases around. Quote, this seems to me like a pretty good result, unquote, for the plaintiffs. An Apple spokesperson declined to comment and instead pointed wired to the court filings in which Apple vigorously denied any wrongdoing. There you have it. Apple obviously denied it, but I've heard this from anybody I know that's got an iPhone below the iPhone 8. They've had issues. That's why we declined to go to an Apple. We were thinking about it because... At one point in time, we were with Sprint a while back. We started with iPhone 4Ss. I ended up cracking mine, and I got lucky. Mine wasn't on sale, so they upgraded me to like an iPhone 5. They were okay. The security on an Apple is immaculate. If you can hack a, an Apple, you're just a top-notch hacker. I'm more of an Android person. I just like the Android operating system. I think it's easier to navigate. It's more user-friendly. They can do the same things Apple can do. They're cheaper and just as good. And I had even seen something here uh, earlier today where someone took a picture with the new Samsung Galaxy S20 and then compared it to the new iPhone 11. And I'm telling you, that Samsung Galaxy S20 picture on that camera looked way better than the iPhone 11. Like, you could tell a huge difference in the side-by-side they did. And name a time that anything like this has happened with Samsung Galaxy. Android just doesn't seem to run into these type of issues. And I know there's more of them, but that's no excuse. People pay a lot of money for these Apple phones. And just because they can't afford the newer ones doesn't give you the right to give them slower speeds because you're trying to get them to buy a newer phone. Not everybody can afford it. Think of those that can't afford your newer phones and that will be buying more of the older model phones anyway. You idiots. We all know this is true. Apple, you can deny it or choose to remain silent all you want, but we all know the truth. And it reminds me of this YouTube video, speaking of which, that I would watched last night where people go in the Apple store. It was some news outlet sent one of their uh, anchors in undercover. They got what they call in Apple stores the genius bar where you take your Apple laptops, phones, whatever, and if you've got to get them fixed. So basically they'll come back and even though your phone could be fixed for little or nothing, maybe a hundred, two hundred bucks, They told the guy he would have to pay, said it had water damage, and he would have to pay $1,200. And what it was is there was these uh, markers in his laptops that were tripped, but he went to a guy that just fixed it. He fixes different models of computers and phones, and he's located over in, I believe, Brooklyn, New York. There was something wrong with one of the backlights, lights on his screen of his laptop. And he said there was this little part that sometimes bends and comes out, and he just simply put it back in there. So then the news anchor goes, oh, okay, so what would you normally charge to do something like this? He said, oh, normally I would just give it to them for free and, you know, hey, of course, probably send me your friends if they need any work done, recommend me. And he said something about if he had to upgrade some cable that it might be 150 200 tops. 
So the anchor, of course, was blown away and had this bewildered look on his face and replied, Well, Apple told me when they looked at it, it had water damage and that I would have to pay $1,200 to fix it and it could be 1600 depending on, I'm assuming in this case, that cable and he would be better off to buy a new laptop. Apple has done this, I've heard this from many people. They're ridiculously priced. Don't get me wrong, maybe I've not had an iPhone past the 5. Maybe they're good phones. I mean, a lot of my friends do like them. But they've all said, yeah, I can tell a difference in my phone slowing down as opposed to maybe a friend of theirs, family member, that has a newer model and it's faster. I mean, think about it. It makes sense that Apple, of all people, would do this. Trying to get you to upgrade to the newer devices. Look, Steve Jobs did an immaculate job building Apple. He put out a hell of a product. Millions of people use it. But if you sit here and tell me it's not expensive, and I don't care if you've got money or not, you tell me Apple ain't expensive, you're a liar. And personally, I think that these Apple customers should get more than $25. What the hell is $25 going to do? Dude, that would probably be maybe a quarter of their bill or uh, the taxes off of a new phone. It's not going to do anything. And I don't get how they landed on this figure, but they're going to need to come up a little more than that. I think maybe at the very least 50 to 100 as much as these phones cost, I mean, we couldn't even find a used Apple 7 used for under 150 to $200. I think right now, Straight Talk's got a deal. If you switch over to them, you can get a brand new iPhone 7 for $200. And I'm assuming that includes the service, too. I don't know, guys. Uh, if you own an Apple, let me know what you think, L. If y'all got a, like I said, SE 6, 7 you're going to be probably getting $25, but let me know if y'all do, and let me know if you all end up getting the $25, let me know. I want to hear them. And don't go spending that whopping $25 they send you all in one place. $25, you got to be shitting me. That's going to do it for the news to top the show, guys. I know that was probably a little long and drawn out, but so much has happened that I felt we had to talk about. But all right, guys, let's get into our first segment So our first bit of music news, again, not a lot really going on over the last few weeks, but we got a few things this week. Let's start off in rock. We go to Loudwire.com article. Coronavirus. Toll concert attendee diagnosed. Ozzy Osbourne, Trent Reznor pull out of festival. The coronavirus outbreak continues to impact the music industry. In New Zealand, health officials have issued a warning to those who attended Tull's February 28th show in Auckland at the Spark Arena, as one fan tested positive for the coronavirus not long after attending the show. The attendee and his wife had previously visited northern Italy prior to the show and have since tested positive. They remain in self-isolation while being treated. 
arrested. According to the warning, the man was said to have been standing in the general admission area in the front left-hand quadrant of the audience. It was not revealed if he was infectious at the time of the show. According to New Zealand's News Hub, Director General of Health Dr. Ashley Bloomfield says all people in the general admission standing area should be aware of the coronavirus symptoms. They are casual contacts rather than close contacts. He believes the risk is very low for all other people who attended the concert. Here you go, guys. We just discussed the coronavirus earlier, and now look. It happened at a tool concert to beat it all. That That's insane. And it just goes to show you guys that this coronavirus can be anywhere. You've got to be cautious. You've got to be aware of those people around you. And if they have symptoms, always stay clean. Uh, keep your hands washed. Just simple stuff like that could prevent infection. But yeah, man, it's crazy. That toll of all concerts. Somebody caught the coronavirus. But it says, uh, meanwhile, back in the U.S., concerns over the coronavirus have begun impacting the South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas. Y'all remember we spoke about the South by Southwest Festival. Well, there have been concerns over whether or not to cancel this year's event. Some artists and participants have waited for a decision. Ozzy Osbourne, Trent Reznor, and Beastie Boys have all pulled out of their scheduled activities at South by Southwest. This comes on the heels of a number of tech and social media companies like Amazon, Facebook, and Twitter all bowing out of the event earlier this week. So you see, the scare over this virus is getting more and more serious, guys. We've got to be cautious and just be aware and just, you know, take care of yourself. Now, moving on. The Smashing Pumpkins announced Spring Rock Invasion 2 Tour. I love the Smashing Pumpkins, man. Always been a fan of theirs. Are you ready to rock? Smashing Pumpkins are. Which is why they've revived the Rock Invasion moniker for their upcoming spring trek. Rock Invasion 2 will kick off April 23rd in Louisville, Kentucky, hitting nine stops over a brief but rocked-up run. Singer Billy Corgan explained, quote, It's been a good while since we've played a straight-up bare-knuckle rock and roll show. One that avoids little in the way of raw power. So note, this tour won't be for those faint of heart and will certainly echo the dynamic modes in which we built our live reputation, unquote. Billy Corgan, always saying more technical shit. In addition to Louisville, the band will hit Grand Rapids, Indianapolis, Nashville, East Molin, Hollywood, Florida, North Charleston, Columbia, South Carolina, and Greensboro, North Carolina on the trek, which also includes a pair of festival dates at Memphis Bill Street Music Festival and Atlanta's Shaky Knees Festival. Tickets for Rock Invasion 2 will go on sale to the general public starting this Friday, March 6th at 10 a.m. local time and can be purchased at SmashingPumpkins.com and LiveNation.com. Smashing Pumpkins will also play dates with Guns N' Roses later this year, and there's supposedly talk of a conceptual double-disc release coming later this year. Oh, shit. Smashing Pumpkins Rock Invasion 2 tour. Guys, April 23rd, they're going to Louisville, Kentucky at the Louisville Palace. April 25th, Grand Rapids, Michigan at 20 Monroe Live. April 26th, Indianapolis, Indiana at the Marat Theater at Old National Central. April 28th, Nashville, Tennessee at the Ryman Auditorium. April 29th, East Molin III at the Rust Belt. 
May 1st, Memphis, Tennessee at Bill Street Music Festival. May 2nd, Atlanta, Georgia at Shaky Knees Music Festival. May 3rd, Hollywood, Florida at Hard Rock Live. May 5th, North Charleston, South Carolina at North Charleston Performing Arts Center. May 6th, Columbia, South Carolina at Township Auditorium. And May 8th in Greensboro, North Carolina at the Stephen Tanger Center for the Performing Arts. That's it, guys. Smashing Pumpkins Spring Tour 2020 Rock Invasion 2. If you're not a Smashing Pumpkins fan, get out of my face and turn off this podcast. I love the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm kidding, but... They're a great band. I've always loved their music. I mean, I can't sit here and name one bad album. Their bass player is named Darcy, so that's cool, too. If you would go to this or you're going to go to this, let me know. And also, guys, give me your top three favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs of all time and your just your overall take on the band. Moving on, guys. We got some hip-hop news, actually, this week. You heard me talk about this girl a while back. I said that as far as women rappers, she's going to smack Cardi B in the mouth. She's up there with Lil' Kim and just the cream of the crop of women rappers. Houston's very own Megan The Stallion. I got an article here on Rolling Stone goes how Megan the Stallion weathered the hottest summer. She built herself into rap's boldest, brashest new voice, all while mourning her mom and chasing a degree. But uh, it's a brisk December day in Houston, and Megan the Stallion is giving detailed notes on how exactly she wants her dancers to twerk. The beat to Yo Gotti's quote-unquote pose pulsates through White Oak Music Hall as the 25-year-old star prepares for a hometown show 24 hours from now, her biggest headlining concert in Houston to date. She is in an unbreakable trance, watching her choreographer and troupe with a strained eye. For hours, butt cheeks flap, knees dip, asses clap, legs split, feet stomp, and gravity is defied. The dancers are talented, but Megan sees imperfections no one else can. Quote, I just want the movements to match the beats, she says, unquote. Guys, I'm telling y'all, Megan the Stallion, if you haven't heard her, Cardi B, you're done. I'm telling you, she's better than Cardi B. And I want y'all to listen to this closely. And Nicki Minaj. I'm telling you, this chick ain't no joke, based out of Houston. I'd heard her before this, but where I really started to get into her and started familiarizing myself with her songs was she was a part of Double XL's 2019 freshman class, 19 or 18. And you know how they'll do the video where all the freshmen that make it, they do like freestyles. She killed it. If not for the baby, she would have by far been the best. But I would say they tied the baby killed it too though and just like I predicted I believe about a year ago she's huge now she's getting out there more making a name for herself I love seeing it I'm proud of her uh, I mean I remember listening to little Kim back in the day and thinking man I know one day there'll be women rappers but who would be able to top little Kim well here you go welcome Megan the stallion but she's awesome. I strongly recommend her, guys. Go check her out. I'm telling you, she's done songs with The uh, Baby, Fabulous, Lizzo, it says here, Drive the Boat. That's a good song she does with those guys. I would compare, honestly. I think she's like Little Kim, but then she's kind of got her own style. Like, I don't feel like she's really comparable to anybody else, but guys, go check her out if you do. Let me know which song you like by her. I saw her in this Rolling Stone article, and it made me think of her. 
I just really like Megan the Stallion, and I know that it's a bold claim, better than Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. And by the way, she dropped Hot Girl Summer, an anthem featuring Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign. So see right there, boom, she got a song with Nicki Minaj. The song became both a chart-topping hit and a catchphrase that inspired hotties Megan Stan Army and non-hotties everyone else to scorch every hater in their path. And she accomplished all this while losing her mother her first manager and the woman who introduced her to hip-hop and chasing a healthcare management degree that she still refuses to give up on even as the demands of stardom make finishing coursework nearly an impossibility. Chasing a degree? I mean, really, how many rappers do you know that do that? I'm sure there's some out there. She's just in a whole different class of her own. Guys, Megan the Stallion, Hot Girl Summer, featuring Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign. Go listen to that song and tell me if you don't think either now or she can be better than Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, and she's definitely by far better than Cardi B's stank ass. Nicki Minaj is okay, but I'm sorry. I picked Megan the Stallion. But I'm just impressed with her. I really like what she's doing. And that's why I'm recommending her to you guys. Next up, uh, you guys might remember Public Enemy, Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Well, guess what? They now have beef, apparently. We go to another Rolling Stone article. It says, Flavor Flav to Chuck D, quote, I'm not your employee. You can't fire me, unquote. Quote, you want to destroy something we've built over 35 years over politics? Former Public Enemy member says flavor flave continues quote all because i don't want to endorse a candidate i'm disappointed in you and your decisions right now chuck unquote flavor flave lashed out at chuck d after public enemy mc dismissed the longtime hype man from the group partially over a spat over public enemies set at bernie sanders campaign rally sunday man there's a lot of people endorsing bernie sanders Public Enemy was billed as at the rally as quote-unquote Public Enemy Radio, an offshoot of the group that includes Chuck D, DJ Lord, Jai, and S1Ws, but not Flavor Flav. Still two days before the rally, Flavor Flav sent a cease and desist letter to the Sanders campaign accusing it of using the hype man's quote-unquote unauthorized likeliness image and trademark clock to promote the rally even though flavor flave hadn't endorsed a candidate public enemy issued a statement sunday saying they would be quote unquote moving forward without flavor flave effectively firing the veteran member after more than 35 years so i mean this is crazy look i think flavor flave's an idiot when he did that weird reality show all those nasty ass clout chasing assholes i mean it made me lose a lot of respect for him. flavor flave buddy look i don't think you really have any room to talk here with some of the decisions you yourself have made so i'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up just because chuck d is endorsing a candidate he believes in him he thinks he's the best for america right now and he thinks he, he'll do well i mean if you don't endorse him just say look man you know i don't endorse him or just maybe give him a chance. But it's probably Flavor Flav 
just being an asshole. Chuck D seems like a really reasonable dude. Like, I just don't think he's going to do this to Flavor Flav for no reason. It's probably some shit stirred up by Flavor Flav that caused this to happen. I don't have an issue with Flavor Flav other than that bullshit reality show he did. I like Chuck D. I like what he stands for. I like what he does in Public Enemy. And I like what he did in Prophets of Rage. So, I'm sorry. So no, no offense, Flavor Flav. I, I got to side with Chuck D here. Guys, if you all kept up with this story, I don't know if anybody's really... This has kind of been out there, but... I had heard about the beef. I didn't know in detail what it was over. I knew it was something over politics. I just didn't realize that it was over Bernie Sanders necessarily, but this is crazy, man. Flavor Flav's a good hype man. I never was big on Flavor Flav, I gotta be honest. I listened to Public Enemy because of Chuck D. And my boy on the ones and twos, DJ Lord. I gotta be real. That's gonna do it for music news this week, guys. Give me your thoughts on the person that called the coronavirus from a tool concert and would this affect you from going to future concerts and let me know if you what you thought about megan the stallion if you check her out let me know which track you like definitely check out that hot girl summer track with Nicki minaj and ty dollar sign smashing pumpkins you're gonna go see them let me know man smashing pumpkins legendary band i love them despite all my rage i'm still just a rat in a cage and this public enemy beef what's your take on it let me know all right guys let's move on to Let's gang. All right, guys. Our first bit of news, something I got to talk about. You know me, and I discuss every show. I'm a huge Fortnite fan. Well, y'all have probably heard me go off a time or two or ten about how these pro gamers just whine and moan and bitch. And you got a few streamers that do it, too. They're not as bad as the pro players in this game. Look, some stuff justified. Gameplay issues, I completely understand. But there's been an off-and-on battle with controller players and PC players bitching about, oh, the aim assist controller players have, it's overpowered, and uh, this just so happened to ramp up when controller players started winning more on the bigger stage tournaments which I think is awful funny, and I know a lot of them have bitched about it forever, but those who do play the game have seen not only the aim, building, and just overall speed of somebody that plays on PC, it's second to none to the aim assist of a controller player. Take it from me, guys, I'm a casual player is probably what I would be considered. Nick Merckx, guys, if you head over to his YouTube channel, he has been the one that has defended us controller players forever, and makes great points of why PC players need to quit bitching so much about aim assist. You got Unknown Army, a high-ranked controller player, Ghost Aiden, and the list goes on. For my argument here, I'm just going to refer to what Nick Merckx said. I believe he was, it was either a YouTube channel,
channel or on his Twitch channel, or he probably could have been both, because I do know it was a YouTube video that I saw, but I know he spoke on it on his live stream. So we're going to take his side of the argument because I do feel it gives the best perspective and the strongest points for us controller players. But it's like he said, PC players always say, oh, well, you all could uh, come play on PC. And it's uh, Nick Merckx made a great point. We're not the ones bitching. I originally wasn't going to put this in the gaming segment this week, but I had to. But basically what's happened is Epic Games has announced via a FortniteInsider.com article that the legacy control settings for aim assist will be removed next week, which is March the 13th, which, you, as we know, Epic Games is back to doing updates every week, and they are on Thursdays, so that will be next Thursday is when this will take effect. Controller aim assist is always debated in many Battle Royale and FPS games, but the aim assist debate in the Fortnite community has been heated for some time now. With the launch of Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 2, players noticed that controller players can use aim assist in order to find players through bushes and structures. It's more likely this was accidentally implemented by Epic Games, but PC players noticed the issue by watching replays of how players were able to track them through structures. You want to watch replays, go watch how quickly PC players can edit and build, aim, shoot, all that shit. YouTuber Orange Guy posted a clip on Twitter a few days ago outlining how players are tracking players through structures. In the clip, a player can be seen L2 spamming and you can clearly see a player sitting in a bush. Can track a player in a house, although at one point the player loses tracking on the player in the house. There's a clip, you can watch it here. With PC players complaining about aim assist for over a year, which like I said, this debate's always been out there, but I've noticed they've wanted something done about it now that controller players are actually winning these tournaments because it's the tournaments in the Fortnite community, guys, that Epic Games has thrown have been dominated by PC players for a while now. Let's read more. It seemed as though Epic would never do anything to nerf aim assist in any way, but it looks like that's changed with a tweet put out by Fortnite. In a tweet, the Fortnite status account, which is another account on Twitter that Fortnite Epic Games has made, which gives you more updates as far as the game goes. Epic Games announced that due to improvements that have been made to aim assist, Epic plans to remove the quote-unquote use legacy look control on march 13th which is pretty much the aim assist option in order to use the new aim assist settings epic added some time ago players can copy their legacy settings in the controller options and toggle off use legacy look controls we knew pc players were tough to beat us controller players if we wanted to win the aidens the nick mercs the uh, unknown players you guys can go watch their gameplay the bottom line is is that we were getting our ass kicked by these PC players for so long and then we finally were able to use the aim assist and, and, and make no mistake, they act like that this is just happening because of aim assist. Hey pro players, maybe you're just getting fucking outplayed and the only thing you want to blame it on is the aim assist. Now that we're on top, you all want to go over here and bitch and you know what, I'm going to laugh my ass off if we still 
even after they take away aim assist, we still kick their ass in these tournaments. You guys can go look up the timeline. This debate has went on in Fortnite for well over a year. These pro PC players, they're the most ungrateful pro players I've seen with any game. They're the only issue that I have with the game. I don't have, I mean, yeah, there's some gameplay stuff, but it's nothing that's going to turn me away from the fucking game. But these pro players piss me off with this. You're a pro. Adapt. Learn a new strategy. Learn to outplay. Just because you get murked by one of these controller players doesn't necessarily mean aim assist had anything to do with that. And if anything, it basically just puts us on a PC player's level and helps us to make it an even fight. Because when it comes to building, I would say probably well over 60-70% of the time, they're going to be able to outbuild us a lot quicker. And that percentage, truthfully, is probably low. It could be more in the 80 to 90%. It's a proven fact they can build faster. This just pisses me off. It's something I felt I had to talk about, guys. For those of you all who are playing on controller, playing Fortnite, give me your take on this. I really do want to hear this. I think this is ridiculous. And man, Epic, I've always backed y'all. I think this is a bitch move on your part. Quit giving in to these little whiny-ass, teenage, punk-ass kids that are just butt-hurt because they're getting their ass whipped by controller players because the PC players have been put on this fucking pedestal and they just think that they're so superior to controller players. Uh, that's my take, guys. Give me your take if you all are Fortnite fans. And if you're a PC player, let me hear your perspective, man. I mean, hey, I'm not trying to have an argument about it, but I will debate you on this. And guys, go check out Nick Merck's channel, Unknown Army, Ghost Aiden. Go check out those guys' channels, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Give me your take. Moving on to our next bit of gaming news. The sixth and final DLC character of Mortal Kombat 11's Combat Pack 1, the long-awaited Spawn appearance, will be coming soon, guys. March 8th, there will be a reveal trailer of Spawn. We've waited for it for so long, and the wait is finally over. I hadn't been really, really playing Mortal Kombat lately. I've been on, uh, I finally got NBA 2K20, and me and Kinsley have been burning up Fortnite so much. But I'd hoped there would be a video, so I went and looked around, and I hadn't really seen anything, but I did find some news on it, guys. We go to a GameRant.com article here. It says, Mortal Kombat 11 spawn reveal date announced. NetherRealm Studios, as you all know who makes the Mortal Kombat games, Confirms the official date of the Mortal Kombat 11 Spawn DLC gameplay reveal, which will release in March. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be in Combat Pack 2. And hey, NetherRealm, quit fucking making them two months apart. A month? I'm cool with that. Come on, man. In what is rapidly becoming a tradition with games starting from Mortal Kombat 9 onwards, Mortal Kombat 11 has brought in guest fighters from outside the franchise who are steeped in as much blood as the mainline cast. Ever since the announcement that the next of these guest characters was spawned from Todd McFarlane's series of the same name, players have been clamoring for details about him. There has already been a star-studded lineup in the first combat pack for Mortal Kombat 11, both in terms of returning characters like Shang Tsung and brand new crossovers like the Joker. 
The latest announcement regarding Spawn revealed when and where players will finally be able to get a look of how he plays in the game proper. Spawn's official gameplay trailer will take place at Final Combat 2020, and I did catch this news from Uncaged Games last night on YouTube. The official esports Mortal Kombat 11 championship to determine the greatest players in the world held on March 8th. So guys, the wait is finally over. It's here. I'm excited to see this reveal trailer. I'm going to be watching March 8th for sure. And I will let you guys know episode 77, what I think of the trailer, what all went on, what we rate spawn. You know how we do. Guys, if you head over to the legend known as Todd McFarlane's Twitter page, he does have three different versions of what spawn will look like in MK11. He also has some toys that will be released of spawn I, i'm not sure if it's spawn in general or spawn in mk11 i know they're doing a remake in 2021 of spawn i think jamie fox is starring in that but look i'm a huge todd farland mcfan I've loved Spawn forever. I love the Spawn movie when Michael Jai White played Spawn. I've been waiting for him out of everybody in the combat pack. He will be my go-to character out of everybody. Doubt I'll even play anybody else. I'm excited. I can't wait to see, guys. Final Combat 2020. Don't miss it. I think Spawn probably easily going to be one of the best in the game. But I want to know what you guys would like to see from Spawn. What do you think about him being in the game? And as of this month, all Combat Pack 1 DLC characters will officially be released. Let me know who you guys thought was the best. Moving on. Alright guys, more Fortnite news. As you know, we are back to weekly updates. This morning, 4am, released a new update in Season 2, Chapter 1 there. They didn't really do updates every week, and a lot of people were upset about it. But it seems so far we have an update every week. Let's go ahead and check out what I was in the update. We go head on over to FortniteInsider.com. It says Fortnite Patch Notes version 12.10 update. New proximity mine item and supply llamas are back, by the way, guys. And I wonder, because I was like, dang, dude, me and Kinsley played duos a lot. We played... I was playing, you know, Team Rumble. I never seen one llama. And yeah, they are rare. But as many times as me and Kinsley play duos, we should have seen one. But here's the unofficial Fortnite patch notes for today's version 12.10 update. Today's update introduces a new item, Proximity Mines. Epic Games released the version 12.10 Fortnite update today, but haven't released any patch notes for the update. Yeah, for some reason, they're not releasing patch notes in this uh second chapter and by the way i meant season one earlier not chapter one it looks like epic aren't interested in receiving any type of backlash by posting patch notes which if i'm epic games i'm like look dude here's what we did take it or leave it just because so many people complain they listen to a majority of people mainly the pro players still whine about it so in, in one way I understand why they don't put out patch notes, but in another way, I feel like, hey, man, majority of us care about those patch notes. Just tell those whiny pro players, shut the hell up, quit being ungrateful. Say, uh, enjoy those thousands and or millions that we've put in your pocket and allowed you to earn, so shut up. 
We've compiled a small list of what we've seen change or added in today's update. Here's a look at Fortnite Insider's Fortnite patch notes for the version 12.10 update. Now guys, if you're going to like physically go online, look up articles, FortniteInsider.com is the best place to go for just anything regarding updates. Supply Llamas have made their return to Fortnite Battle Royale. Supply Llamas were added to the version 3.30 update. They were removed with the Chapter 2 Season 2 update, but have been added back in version 12.10's update. So guys, uh, we got Proximity Mines were added to the files in version 12.0 update, but have gone live in today's update. Players have been coming across the new item after the update and have been posting images and clips on social media. Proximity Mines drop in stacks of 3 with a max stack of 6. Proximity Mines deal 50 damage upon automatic detonation and when an en enemy is close by, you'll also be able to see a player's silhouette through walls for a short period of time. Oh, that's cool. And if you don't use them... You're also allowed to pick them back up, too, guys. And uh, I actually got a, an elimination earlier with them. Definitely pick those up, guys. At least give them a try. I don't know. A lot of people, I have a strict loadout that I like to stick by. But players have already began finding tricks of how to utilize these proximity mines to be useful without automatic detonation. You can pickaxe your proximity mine, which will launch it in the air. You'll be able to pickaxe it while it's in the air, and it'll go flying in the air towards the direction you pickaxed it, and will detonate in the air. And they've got a clip on here by Orange Guy. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know you could do that. I mean, Cypher PK, those dudes, they always find some crazy tricks to do with it. But let's talk bug fixes, guys. Several bug fixes were included in today's version 12.10 Fortnite update. Bug fixes include XP coins, which me and Kinsley actually ran across. It was one big purple coin. I went across it, and it dropped like, good lord, 10, 12 purple coins, so that was cool. Not showing in the XP bar. Unable to close the Fortnite map with the map input. If it's bound to a directional pad on control, weak points not registering when hitting close to them. The big haul glider variant not unlocking and more. There's other changes in this version 12.10 update. And we'll continue to update this article. So be sure to check back to see updates. Guys, again, FortniteInsider.com. Those of y'all that have been playing this game, uh, I, I would give this update a 9. I think the proximity mines bring a different angle to the game. I love them. They did address a lot of bug fixes. Like, uh, as far as, like, I noticed when you go to upgrade a weapon, dude, it was taking way too long. Me and Kinsley noticed today they upgrade a lot faster. Love the XP coins. I think that was great to bring in the game because, man, I'm telling you, me, a lot of my Battle Pass tiers are dependent upon XP. Now, I do buy a few tiers here and there from Save the World V-Bucks. Uh, in this case, my fiance did get me and Kinsley some V-Bucks, so shout out to her. Uh, but mainly we get our tiers, I guarantee you 90% of them, from XP. So I think that's cool. Glad Llamas are back. Again, love the proximity mines. They're very effective. They really are. They're fun, too. But one thing I did notice, for some reason, like when you get killed in a match, you can hold down, in my case, on Xbox One B, go back to the lobby, or you can ready up for another game, or you can go 
hold, I think, uh, Xbox One right bumper, go to the item shop. For some reason, you, I can't do that. And I, that's been on multiple games. It has not let me do that. I've had to literally leave the game. So I don't know what the hell is going on with that. All right, guys, the last bit of news I'm going to talk about in gaming is, uh, look, man, I liked NBA 2K19. I just recently got NBA 2K20. Uh, GameStop was having a sale. I got a digital download of it. And look, man, I like the game. I know that a lot of people's complained about it. I mean, hey, we all got our different opinions. But there was a deal on there for $4.99. Usually for $4.99, without any kind of deal or anything, you would get 15000 total VC. Virtual currency VC is what is used to buy clothes, tattoos, what outfits, whatever it may be in 2K20. But they gave you an extra 6000 with this deal. You got like some cool 2K shirt, and then you got these awesome Nike shoes with it. And then it gave you... 10 of these different category skill boosts okay and i'm like oh okay that's a good deal like i got that same type of deal on 2k19 so i go and purchase this and I've, i only get 15,000 bc no 2k shirt no nike shoes no multiple category uh, times 10 skill boosts just 15,000 bc so i was short so i'm like what so i wait a little bit to see what's going on nothing Okay, so I go and message 2K Support. I tell them what's going on. They message me back all this bullshit they want me to send. I screenshot this, screenshot that. And I'm like, okay, here's the, okay, I did all that. They're like, no, we need this. So I send what I thought they needed, send more screenshots. So we go back and forth. They need this, they need that. And finally, I send them the right shit and begin to hurry up and wait. So I send her a final message to where I'm like, okay, well, how long is this going to take? Because I'm thinking, man, you know, clearly they'll see if they just go on my account, however the hell they do it, they'll see. I didn't receive it all. They'll see if they need further proof. I didn't get the clothes and all that. So this shouldn't take maybe a day or two tops is what I'm thinking. She replies back, they got to pass it off to their team, their developers. They'll investigate it, and it should be back on my account in no time, is what she meant. I don't know. I can't remember her exact words right now. I know it's been close to a week now. I emailed them, I think, a day or two ago, and they said, oh, they're still looking into it. It should be on my account very soon, and it still hasn't been on my account, and I've not heard anything. 2K, you're warranted with what everybody says. I didn't realize it was this bad to the point to where you all had to scam people. And the funny part about it is the fucking deal is still up right now. If you go to my career and go to the neighborhood, you know how they'll pop up what all's going on and stuff like that, deals, new clothes. It's right there. I'm like, what the hell, man? I'm like, how much time do you really need? Look, this is why you're catching a lot of hell and why a lot of people left your game. I mean, it's just little mistakes like this. And, and there's probably mistakes way worse than this. There's certain things in the game that I could see why people don't like it. I'm a casual player, so I don't mind it. This shit is annoying. I just don't get why this is taking so long. 2K, get it back on my account. 
You don't really need this much time. This is ridiculous. That's going to do it for gaming news this week, guys. Let me know what you think of them vaulting aim assist for us controller players. Hard times for us controller players out here in the Fortnite world. Let me know what you think of Spawn coming to MK11. By the way, guys, he will be here March 17th, not the 28th. I don't know where the hell I got the 28th. So early access for those that did purchase the Combat Pack 1. You can get him the 17th, and then I'm assuming a week later on the 24th, you can just buy them separate. Let me know what you think of the new Fortnite 12.10 version update and anything else we discussed in today's gaming news. And now I know I'd said I would tell y'all game progression, but pretty much the games I've talked about are literally the three games that I'm playing. Alright guys, on to everybody's favorite time of the show. It has been one of them motherfucking days. I tell y'all, it has been one of them motherfucking days, bitch. It's time to rant. Alright guys, this rant, we're gonna revisit the old psychopaths on Facebook. Guys, as y'all know, I may or may not have said this on the podcast, I buy and sell a lot on Facebook. You know, whether it be new things, used stuff, various different items. The majority of people are fairly reasonable. You get a lot of you know, ignorance and dumb stuff, people standing you up. But today, we're going to re-talk about an incident that happened with my fiance getting a vehicle off these folks. They were actually older, in their 60s. And uh, we're going to talk about the situation and just these types of people that are on Facebook that are just unreasonable and ridiculous. So we're going to call this one Facebook Buy and Selling Haters on the rant today. Are you ready? Now let's have a ring. All right, so here's what happened, guys. Uh, We've been looking for my fiance a vehicle so we could have a second vehicle with my car being bipolar and my car will run just fine. Then all of a sudden it'll die. Then it'll start here, there, and everywhere. Y'all know the problems I've discussed a few times here on the podcast. So we've been looking after we got our taxes. We figured, oh, okay, I mean, we weren't going to spent a crazy amount now look guys here occasionally i have had disputes with people on facebook for just various different things buying and selling debating whatever it may be because you don't spend a large amount of money say 1500 and up or 2000 and up whatever that that somehow entitles people to sell you some kind of crappy car or if you get a crappy car that doesn't run that that's somehow, well, you didn't pay that much for it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, if you specified up front everything was wrong with it, yeah, I have no reason to bitch. And I don't give a damn what you paid for the vehicle. Lay it all out up front and then let people decide. Otherwise, you're just trying to scam or get one over on somebody or rip somebody off. I don't care what anybody says. When I put up the situation with the car I currently have, I argued with so many people that just because I've paid a low amount of money for it, that that somehow excused the guy lying and and rigging the car up and selling me a a car that I had to put lots of money in, when if he would have just specified up front, who knows? But anyway, she's been wanting an SUV. We actually found one at a really good price. So we go over to these people's house that were actually not far from where we live, And it was a 2000 
Mountaineer. So we get a hold of the people and we go take a look at it. Now, it did have some cosmetic issues on the outside of it. Not too bad, nothing too shabby. Like I said, we're just looking for something to give us a secondary vehicle and that way we can completely get caught up on bills till the next income tax season or maybe one of my school checks and then get a good vehicle. We just get back on our feet and get caught up on everything. Still got a little ways to go and then one day get a great vehicle. So we get down there, talk to these people. They seem really nice. The woman was talking about how they were moving, that her husband was a mechanic, said her son was a mechanic. We looked over the vehicle. We test drove it down the road. Everything seemed fine. And then they informed us that the door handles were off on the driver's side and the passenger side on the driver's side. So pretty much that's where, obviously, Darcy would be driving and my daughter, Kinsley, would be sitting. So, they said they had handles to fix it. Now, this is what we didn't understand and where red flag number one came into play. I know a lot of guys that buy and sell and dab with vehicles. They don't own car lots. They just buy them, fix them up, sell them, make them a little money. Okay, so two things. These people I know that buy and sell vehicles, they would fix those door handles. They would have never even mentioned they were messed up because they would have replaced them. That's what you do when you're trying to make a sale and get rid of them. They wouldn't have made a big deal about it. And I get these were an older couple. I understand that. But she was going on about how her husband was a mechanic. He can fix anything. So that's where we were like, well, why not fix them then? Because, you know, man, with the luck we've had with cars, you know, I'm instantly paranoid about anything. So, there was red flag number one. So, again, like I mentioned earlier, we test drove it. It drove fine. We looked at the oil. It looked fine. Now, we didn't test drive it like we had hoped to, but we did drive it down the road, get a little speed. I mean, we were on a back road, so it wasn't like we could really go too, too fast. And plus, we had our daughter with us. And we were taught some things to look for when test driving it. I mean, you take all the bad experiences we've had, and we learned from it. We had hoped to test drive it longer but we weren't able to unfortunately but it seemed like it was okay so so i'm thinking this is a done deal and she had even offered to have her son put on those door handles or replace them if we couldn't find anybody to do it that was another red flag that hit me i was like well hold on why would your son do it if your husband's a mechanic she goes oh and i need to let you guys know and when you hear that you know it's something shitty that you don't want to hear that they neglected to put in the ad so you're like here we go she then informs us that the top title is at this loan company and i don't know if she went and got a loan on the titles title loans or i don't know maybe her son has it that he works there i don't know something with southern finance and the reason i think this is because she told us that they also had a vehicle for sale there a dodge durango for sale and i thought well hell that's weird when you're trying to make a sale but i thought okay well maybe she has some kind of ties or son works there i don't know a family member whatever to me, instantly, that right there, I'm like, ah. I no longer have a good feeling about this. Because, and this is what she said, go ahead and pay her and take the vehicle. Then she follows it up and goes, oh, don't worry, I trust you all. Okay, number one, you don't know me. You don't know me from nothing. You don't know what I'll do with it. 
And number one, what do you mean, you trust me? You mean, I'll trust you? Lady, you have a title loan. You could take that money, go blow it, because she's talking about their moving and how rough it is and this and that. Next thing you know, we go to call you to go get the title. You don't answer the phone. Next thing you know, they're repoing the vehicle. And when that happens, there's nothing you can do about it. You think the repo company's going to be like, Oh, well, hey, man, we paid her 1100 to buy this vehicle. See here, look, they don't care. No, by law, they can take that vehicle and you're screwed. So I'm like, nah. She's like, or we can just meet you up there. And I'm thinking, yeah, we meet you up there. One of us can go in and we physically hand the money to them and they say it's all good. Maybe. And that's a big, big maybe. Guys, here's the thing. I feel like somebody's going to screw you over when they have to reassure you that they're not going to screw you over. She goes, oh, don't worry. We're, we're not going to screw you over, nothing like that. We're not like that. Okay, well, if you're not like that, why even mention it? Every time I've been screwed over, it's when somebody's went, hey, I'm not going to screw you. But when somebody says that, it might reassure some people. Me, I'm instantly like, yeah. Something's going on. Again, I could be wrong. They could be good people. They could have just been trying to let us know. But you're not getting none of this money until we get that title. That's the bottom line. So this all took place on a Friday, and we had planned to meet on that following Monday. Well, we started talking about it and just really thinking about it. So me and my fiance decide that we want to text them and let them know, hey, fix the door handles and we will purchase the vehicle. We 100% for sure still want it. So we text them. Hey, they were cool about it. They were like, yeah, we don't care to do that. And then next thing you know, so I think it was the next day they text us and let us know, hey guys, they're the wrong ones. We reordered the right ones. And then next week, you guys can take the vehicle over to my son and he'll fix them for you guys and I'll take care of them. Okay, guys, again, I know plenty of people that fix vehicles, sell them, dabble in them, buy, trade, whatever. They would not make that kind of mistake. But I didn't say nothing because maybe wherever they got them, I think they said eBay, Amazon, something. Maybe they sent them the wrong part. I, I don't know. So I let my fiance know, and we just started talking about it again. And my fiance's like, look, I just, I really don't want to do it. Something's telling me not to do it unless they fix those door handles first. Okay, so I text her, this is what I said. I made it clear as day. I said, we 100% want it. We just want y'all to fix them door handles. If you're trying to sell something, you'll, you'll do whatever to make the sale, okay? And it's not like we're like, hey, change the oil, fix the tires, clean it up. We just wanted the door handles fixed. That's all we asked. That's it. You said you ordered them and they'll be in next week. Your son's going to fix them. It shouldn't be a problem. I don't know if the lady thought that by me saying that, somehow, even though I assured her multiple times we 100% wanted it, I said, if you want me to take a picture of the damn money and send it to you, then if that'll reassure you and make you feel better, I guess I'll do it. And again, she had had people come look at it. She said once they look at what it looks like on the outside of the vehicle, that they would either not want it or just pretty much they would turn it down people would say they were coming and didn't and i understand all that but i told you i want it 100 because she had took it off facebook the listing because we said we want it and all we asked her to do was fix the door handles now me personally i don't think that's a lot to ask 
Number one, I don't feel like I should have had to ask you. Number two, I feel like those door handles should have already been fixed. And because she said they originally went to get a truck that she tried the whole time I was, I was there to push that off on us too. But anyway, she said that her husband ended up getting that one too. Okay, well, that, that would be even more of a reason, if what you're saying is true, for you to fix that vehicle up and get rid of it. She just, like, made it out like, oh, we're just tired of putting money in it. And she just started, like, getting really, I don't want to say hostile, but she was pretty much being a smartass. Well... By the time you all decide if you want it, it'll be up to the first buyer. I can't wait around. I can't hold it. I said, ma'am, I just told you we wanted it. I just, I said, all we want you to do is fix the door handles. My daughter's going to be riding in this vehicle. I just, I'm sorry, I don't think that's a lot to ask. What's the big deal if you're getting it fixed next week? She said, well, I told you my son was going to do it, and that, that was even going to cost me money. Oh, your son's going to charge you to fix something? Wow, what a dick. And she said, and help you guys out, whatever. Okay, well, what if you don't answer the phone next week? I, I don't know that. I mean, you act like we know you. We don't know you, lady. Okay? We've been scammed enough to know all these little tricks. Stop. Fix the damn door handles or no deal. I mean, it's we're not asking a lot. And by you getting so defensive, that's making us even more skeptical and just thinking that you're up to something. You're making a big deal about it when it's not a big deal. Pretty much probably anybody would ask you to do that. And she just kept blabbing on and like, you could just tell like, you know when you're about to get screwed because that lady should have not been mad and reacted like that. I mean, it, it caught my fiance off guard. She didn't expect that. Because the way they were when we asked them to fix the first time, they were cool with it. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll go out there and put them on. And really quick, going back to the door handles, why wouldn't you have checked that if you're going to order the parts to make sure that whoever buys it is seeing as how you don't want to put them on for some odd reason? Wouldn't you make sure that you got the right ones? I mean, that's 101. I don't know a lot about cars, but when I get a part, I double check and make sure that's the right part. When we really sat down and thought about things, it was just like we started catching them, and I, I don't want to say lies. But things that don't add up or don't make sense. I'm not sure if it's a situation to where she took title loans out on both vehicles, but again, if you're wanting to sell them, I just really don't understand why you would do that. I, maybe they got impatient. I, maybe they were they're moving. They needed it for the moving expenses. It could be a numerous amount of things. But that makes people really sketchy when you start mentioning stuff like that. And I'm wondering if like what she was charging us for the Mountaineer was going to cover the title loan she took out for both of them and then in turn she would get you know the title loan paid for and then when she sold the truck that would be their profit money I mean I'm not exactly sure that's just what we thought was going on we didn't like it once we really thought about it and we're like look get the title you want to get them handles out and we'll get it otherwise figure it out but something tells me she won't fix it. I just think she's going to try to pawn it off. There's probably something more into it that she's not saying. And I'm honestly glad we passed. It sucks that, that my fiancé couldn't get a vehicle. But to, we can't afford to get screwed again. I mean, it's happened too many times, uh, you know, already. And that falls on me and just things that I miss that we both luckily learn from that and apply to this situation and I feel like we did the right thing.
We just had this gut feeling we were going to get screwed. Because I'm going to tell you something. Some of you motherfuckers on Facebook, y'all need to chill. Quit doing people dirty that you know damn well need a vehicle. You see my daughter pull up with me. If you still rip a family like that off, you're a piece of shit. And I, I don't know if that's what these people's intentions were because we removed ourselves from the situation before it got to that. It was either going to be a bunch of BS to try to, to either get the title or there was something probably wrong with it they weren't going to tell us or there was just something I felt like was going to happen. We would have been the ones losing while they go took their money and went off to their new place. I mean, I, it's just funny that like people we don't know you all when we do these deals on here y'all gotta stop acting like well you can trust me no dude i don't trust you because i don't know you stop acting like i do stop acting like because you say that that that's somehow supposed to make it all right okay okay here you go here's my hard-earned money that i can't get back if you screw me on hi i'm reality have we met hello too many of y'all have got got one over. I've learned from it. I'm telling you, it ain't happening. We know what to look for now. We're susceptible to, for it to happen again, sure. But you're going to have to try really damn hard. Just goes to show you, unfortunately, th there's these types of people on Facebook that you have to deal with. What was so funny about it, too, was she was like, you all said you, we were supposed to meet today. You all said you wanted Okay, well, ma'am, I'll let you know before the meeting time, number one. Number two, if I wasn't going to buy it... I would have just said to you, ma'am, we're not going to buy it. Thank you for taking the time to show it to us, but we're going to go look somewhere else. And that would have been it. I'm sitting here telling you, not once, but twice, that we 100% want it. Like, we're telling you that. Again, we don't know each other. Like my fiancé said, too, well, if that was the case, then when you talked about taking the listing off Facebook, we would have been like, no, no, just wait. But we were like, yeah, go ahead. That's how sure we were. I don't know. These people were just being very unreasonable, very suspicious, uh, getting upset, wanting to argue. And if you've got a legitimate sale, I just don't understand why you would act like that. And the sad part is, is these people were older, late 50s, probably early 60s, and were reacting like this. If y'all have ever had a situation like this, dealing with the buy and selling aspect of Facebook... Let me know. I want to hear your story. And what would you have done if you were in our position on this story? Did we make the right decision? Was there something else we could have done? Or those of y'all that have known my, our situation with these vehicles, I mean, I think we made the right call. What do you think? All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 76 of the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me this week. We had a lot to talk about. This episode was a little longer than I'd hoped it would be. I literally went from having a few things to talk about to a lot of stuff to talk about. So every now and then we'll have these really long episodes, guys. But if everybody listens all the way through, I want to hear your take on anything we talked about, guys. And I'll tell you what, you want to know where you can hear this podcast? You want to know the social media pages of the Ready, Say Show podcast? Head on over to our Facebook page at RSS Podcast. Scroll down just a little. You'll see a pinned post that has all info on this show. Email, social media platforms, streaming platforms, everything you need to know regarding the Ready, Set, Show podcast. It's all there. Let me know, guys. You got any ideas, suggestions, things you want heard on the podcast, artists, whether they're rap, hip-hop, 
rock, alternative, whatever it may be, and you want me to do an artist spotlight on them on this podcast, hey, let me know. I'll do it. I'm wanting to do more of those. If there's some things now that we can have audio, like the video we did today about the tornado in Nashville, hey, if you want anything we can sit here and review and go over, give my take on, let me know that as well, guys. Again, I want to thank everybody for the support. And guys, you want to support this podcast further, go to the Anchor page, click on support, 99 cents, $4.99, $9.99 a month. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start doing a little mini episode on top of these type of episodes. It might be a story time, might be some sports stuff. I don't know. I'm thinking a story time is what I want to do. And I might figure out a little something else on there, so... That'll be for those that do pay for the podcast because I got to think of something to do because I'm really wanting to get these donations going. And there's new equipment I'm wanting to get. Mainly right now, really, is just a mixer and a webcam because I'm dying to do these video podcasts. And our good friend Mo did get us a camera, but we unfortunately weren't able to use it. So let me know what you think about this episode and how your boy DT's doing on the podcast. I mean, do you even think I need a co-host? If there's a co-host out there you think would fit in great with this show, let me know, guys. I really do want to know. I'm hoping my good buddy Jared can do it or my brother. Hell, both of them. Your boy might keep doing it himself. You know me. I never know. But thank y'all for joining me again this week. Episode 76 of the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'm DT. Ready, set, showtime, and I'm out. Peace.